The Weekend Legends Catch-Up Podcast. Best listened to in a Mazda BT-50. Built smart and built tough. Make sure it's built like a BT-50. So what do you got cooking this weekend, huh? Put your head between your legs in the brace position and get ready for another week of bats hitting balls. Balls through nets and off rackets with coaches blowing up and referees entering the witness protection program. Sit back, relax and enjoy what Triple M modestly calls... The Weekend Legends. Good morning. It is so great to be with you. Now, Andrew Rose, today is the last squeeze of the 2019 Rugby League Lemon. (laughs) What does that mean? We've got three internationals over at Eden Park in Auckland in New Zealand. Yeah. 12.20pm, Samoa takes on Fiji. Mm -hmm. 3pm, the New Zealand Kiwis take on the British Lions. Yeah. 5.40pm, Australia takes on... The Tonga Invitational 13, which I feel bad for the four guys on the bench. Weren't they invited? Hang on. This is this is in Auckland, right? Yes, correct. Why are New Zealand not headlining that? Well, I had no idea until I spoke to Tony from Triple M who pointed out the crowd will be 95% Tongan supporters. Oh, right. So if they played before the Kiwis, <laughs> there'd be an empty ground. <laughs> that's, very pretty good sm- that's very smart, actually. Now, coming up this hour, we uh, the Howie Games is going live at the Sydney Metro Theatre. And Howie will be interviewing world surfing champ Joel Parkinson, Ooh. and we talked to Joel about his experience, and is he worried that Howie will make him cry? That's right. We're also going to talk about the basket brawls that are going on in basketball all over the world. Steph Curry's broken a hand. Aussies are getting involved in scuffles left, right, and centre. Ben Simmons is a peacemaker. Yes, and a headlock king. We're going to look into all that. Big second hour to come, but next, Chris and Rose think they figured out how to fix rugby league. Easy. I know, I didn't know it was broken either, but <laughs> we'll find out what needs fixing next. It's the Weekend Legends here on Triple M. Kicking you right in the weekend. Oh. Triple M's Weekend Legends. With Chris and Rose, and the NRL off-season is here. The NRL can has an opportunity to sit back, analyse their product, and make any changes, if necessary, before next season. Guys, you think the NRL needs to listen up right now? It wouldn't be the NRL if they weren't trying to change everything, <laughs> Rose, would it? Can I just say this firstly? Uh, it's... So far, the off-season this year is nothing compared to last year's off-season. Thank God. Yeah, right? (laughs) Let's hope it stays that way. It's a good thing. (laughs) What they're doing is they're looking at changes to the rules, and the 12-person competition committee meets this Thursday. It's a great day. They go out for Chinese afterwards. Do you know who's in this committee? Yeah, there's all sorts of people. Your Greenbergs and your referees, Annesleys. Scobos. Yeah, I think (laughs) Lockie will be there, Darren Lockyer. Scomo will be running the waters. Not our Lockie. Uh, they will be looking at input from 20,000 fan responses to a survey. So it's great that the fans get an input. Why don't we get this survey? Uh, well, we did. You just declined the opportunity like ah. everything else because you don't participate, no, mate. I don't, I don't read emails. So lazy. <laughs> Here are some of the things that are up for discussion. Golden Point. Big yep. bugbear of mine. Don't like Golden Point. Tiger's about 4 and 15 all time in Golden you Point. Ha- you hate it. I'm fine with it. Here's two ideas that they're mooting. One is, like in the NFL, a right of reply. So if a team goes and kicks a field goal, in their sort of first set of six, then the opposition gets a set of six to see if they can replicate it yeah. and keep it alive. So even if it's a penalty goal, if they take a two, you have a chance of a set of six to reply to that two. Okay, no, a one point for a field goal. Do you even watch the game? I'm, I meant to, if you get a penalty and take a two as well, that works. Oh, right? I'm not sure. It's, I think it's just the field goal option that they're looking at here because the predominant I read that it was both. You could be Even right. if you get a penalty, you have a chance of reply. Okay, I'm not so sure about that. But okay, I'll fight you for the, it. The, but the other alternative, <laughs> and this is the one that I essentially like, is just play 10 minutes extra time. If it's a draw, it's a draw. Okay. Rules about the on-field trainer because the Travis Toomer incident in the grand final where he falconed, the double falcon. Oh, uh, yeah, uh-huh. And if they change the rule, it'll be known as the Tuma Tuvi Langer rule because those guys get off the field. 
Introduction of a five-minute sin bin for minor infractions. What's a minor infraction? Well, I think it's probably like a dog shot, 10 minutes. Okay. I see uh, a CSA on Billy Slater last year. Sure. Uh, whereas uh, Cooper Cronk slightly getting that tackle wrong there on Big Josh Papali would be fine. Dude, I just I can already see the de- the arguments over the definition of what's a minor, what's a major infringement, right, think, blah, blah, blah. You think that's complicated? They're looking at the on-field captain's challenge for a video uh, review. Again? <laughs> what does that mean? Well, they've, they've got a full day. They've booked the room, then they've booked the restaurant, <laughs> so they've got to talk about something. <laughs> This week also, Peter Volandis, the head of Racing New South Wales, debuted as chair of the Australian Rugby League Commission in a press conference with Todd Greenberg. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you sound excited. I don't know about this Volandis guy. He's got seven priorities, Rose. Oh, yeah. Securing revenue, the broadcast deal. <laughs> Everything flows from the broadcast deal. What a shocker. <laughs> Some of these are not very surprising, okay. you know. Fix suburban grounds, fix bush footy, fix concussion. Get, concussion. get scope on the waters more, yep. He has promised no relocations if they expand Ooh. their new franchises, so I think that's significant. Okay. But he has said that the game needs to be about innovation and entertainment. Okay. By the way, Peter Volandi said without rugby league, he'd be in jail right now. <laughs> Again, I don't know. I'm bad feeling about this Volandis guy. <laughs> he says the game needs to be made more unpredictable. Uh, okay. I've got a few suggestions. Go. Roosters and Storm, 10-point handicap. <laughs> I actually like that rule. What about something like, uh, you know when you go to the Dodgem cars at the Easter show? Yeah. And the middle of it, they go, okay, drivers, let's go the other way. What about, like, out of nowhere, they just switch tri-areas? That's innovating and entertaining middle at the same a, time. Middle of a Fox sideline run, he has to turn 180 and run the other way. That'd be great. For all the retro guys, and everyone loves talking about retro and footy, didn't you love in pinball machines when you got multi-ball? Yeah. Just, oh! just siren goes, four balls on the field, Dude, go. that's your overtime golden ball, uh, golden point uh, answer. Golden ball. Golden Every ball. two minutes, another ball's thrown on the field. Whoever scores Five scores. balls, tackles going everywhere, ref can't keep up, minor infringements, left, right, center. And if they're taking fan <laughs> import, why can't the referees consult with the crowds? You know, get them on. No, no, that, I think that'd be pretty predictable. Oh, that's how like that a, would go. Like a voting system on Mars Singer? Yeah, hope, that, hope that you took note, NRL. Two average opinionated rugby league couch commentators have said what they would do better. How good's being a fan? Well, I, don't, I don't think you've ever summed us up more perfectly, Lachlan. Say that. whatever you want as a fan. How good is that? Bring on 2020, please. <laughs> well, love him or hate him, we will miss Sam Burgess. And we have rugby league great Peter Tunks on the line. And he's going to tell us what Sam's legacy really is. It's The Weekend Legends here on Triple M. A show that combines our two great loves. The Weekend and Working half fast. Triple M's Weekend Legends. With Chris and Rose. And Sam Burgess's retirement has really hit rugby league as a whole. A legend of the game, no doubt. And now we reflect on his impact, not only on the NRL, English Rugby League, but Souths, Chris. Yes, Lachlan. Now, Rose, Sam was the 1,073rd player to play for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. What a legacy that is. Yeah, incredible. But to put it all in perspective, we're going to talk to a man who's done it all. He's played for Australia, the New South Wales Origin team, the Bulldogs, and the Rabbitohs. And I'm talking of Peter Tunks. Peter, good morning. Yeah, how are you? Doing very well, mate. Now, Tell us, what do you think is Sam's legacy for the Rabbitohs? Well, you know, the the one thing that you find with players is you really don't know what you've lost until the next season when they're not there. Right. And uh, I think you'll find, like, uh, back in my day in the 70s and the 80s up till the 90s, um, I played against some of the best uh, English players, Martin Fire, Ellery Hanley. You know, there were some terrific players back then, but... The legacy that Sam leaves is a, a gaping hole. He wasn't only a, a very, very tough customer. He was mobile. He had a lot of, you know, ball skills. Um, he basically had everything. And 
on top of everything. He was very, very aggressive. Sometimes he went very close to maybe stepping across the line. But <laughs> very close. <laughs> every, every time you, you pick the, the program up and see who you're playing this week, you look for people like Sam Burgess because you know you're going to have your hands full. And, and people will always reflect on the 2014 grand final where in the first hit of the game with James Graham, oh. he ended up with a fractured cheekbone and eye socket. But I'm assuming you played through worse, Peter. Would that be right? <laughs> uh, I actually, yeah, I actually played a uh, half a game with a uh, fractured eye socket in three places. Oh, Jesus. Um, there was a lot of things back in our day, but there, <laughs> there wasn't the scrutiny and there wasn't the medical assistance. <laughs> you know, you, you, you just got up and you kept playing, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but, um, yeah, that that was a that was a tremendous. I was out there in the Grand Final in 2014, and you know what he showed. You know, to play through a game like that with that injury, um, you know, you, you can't find players like that. You know, people talk about people there's hype, but the people that can actually do the, the pretty stuff, mm. the tough stuff, and then they can play with injuries, mm. they're, they're very very rare. You're 100% right there. Uh, mate, it's Rose here. It's great to hear you talk about Sam Burgess that way. I want to play a little bit of audio that I think uh, perfectly sums up, bottles up the energy that is Sam Burgess. And it is uh, Coot who marks the football. Matthew Bell has taken a Burgess mother. Burgess has hit him with everything, including his birth certificate. Oh, stop the fight. That there is the brute big hit. Of the decade. He's big, he's buff, he's Burgess. Uh, we've always loved his hits. And you just talked a little bit there, Peter, about you were a renowned hard man uh, in your time. Would Sam have thrived in your era? Yeah, he would have done because um, he would have actually been allowed to get away with a lot more aggression. And, <laughs> and that was that was a big part of his game. Like, there was a lot of times you see Sam played and he hit people hard and he was ready to go on with it. But... Uh, in this day and age, you know, the game, the athletes are bigger and stronger and full time, but you, you've got to be careful because they won't tolerate what, you know, used to be okay back in our day. Yeah. But what you do is what I do when I look at games, I look at the athletes and I, I'm very impressed with a lot of things, but I look at the people that would have thrived back in our day. And there's not all that many guys. Right, that, interesting. You know, of course, it was it was a very nasty game back in our day. Yeah. Is it um, is it wrong for just, me to say, just Peter? Give an idea. Just give an idea. When we were playing Origin, they'd come in the linesmen and they'd check your, your boots, your studs, and your fingernails. And on the way out, they'd turn around and they said, "The first uh, ten minutes, nobody gets sent off because they want an all-in brawl." How good. And well, they, people like that. People, you know, people who follow Balmain, they wanted to see Steve Roach and me have a fight, and then they wanted to see. You know, everybody wants to find out who's the best fighter. Is it wrong for me to say that I miss those days, Peter? Not at all. Well, no. There's not one person that follows rugby league that I know or I've talked to that doesn't like, you know, the softening up period, the first ten minutes. I'm a Balmain fan, and I have to say, I would hope the Blocker would win that fight. Peter, oh, sorry okay. about that. Stop it. Now, in, I, had, I had two really big fights with Blocker. Um, I, I only got sent off once in my career, um, and one one of them was was against Blocker at Leichhardt Oval. But uh, <laughs> it's a funny story. And then uh, there was another another time we were playing City Country Origin, and um, yeah, he started it, and we had a big fight, and he knocked one of the two down. I put twelve stitches over his eye. There you go. You heard it here first. He started it, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, Blocker always started it. You know. 
So Sam, of course, has had a bit of trouble with his on-field discipline recent years. Wayne Bennett called him out in 2016 as the Great Britain coach. Reflecting some of the frustration with the shoulder that's got him out of the game, do you think? I think it's a number of things. Um, and, and one of the, the... Everybody loves the way that Sam Burgess plays. When people shout out, like when Souths are playing somebody and they're shouting out about Burgess and everything... I'll guarantee that if Burgess came on the market, that club, they would have been the first one to try and put their hand up for him. But that's what happens in the game. But the thing is with Sam, when you play such a physical game as he has done for a long, long time, your body goes very fast. Mm. There's some guys that, you know, some of the backs, you know, they're brilliant and they're spectacular, but they're not really physical in their game. And, And they can play on probably a lot longer than the forwards. But... It doesn't come as a surprise to me, but you, if you go back and you check the career of most of the forwards that you really like that were very physical, they go very quickly. Yeah, it, 12 or 18 it limits months. their days, right, Chris? For sure. Now, Peter, final question. You played 98 games for the Rabbits, 119 for the Bulldogs. Go the Dogs. In the unlikely event that they face off in the grand final next year, who do you go for? Uh, Canterbury. Yeah! Yeah. You've made Rose very happy. Peter Tunks, an absolute thrill to speak to you about Sam Burgess and Rugby League in general this morning. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Sad way to go, but we wish Sam all the best in retirement. And thanks for the memories. And thanks for Peter for joining us on the line as well. We've still got plenty more Weekend Legends to come, including your chance to win tickets to the Howie Games Live. That's next. It's the Weekend Legends here on Triple M. Put your feet up on the dash, recline the seat, and let these guys take the wheel. Metaphorically. Obviously. Triple M's Weekend Legends. Back on the Weekend Legends, Triple M with Chris and Rose. And Mark Howard's The Howie Games is going live with events all around Australia and in Sydney at the Metro on November 26th. Howie will go one-on-one with this man, Chris. We are talking to 2012 world surfing champion Joel Parkinson Lachlan. Joel, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good, thanks, Joel. Now, Joel, you exploded onto the world surfing scene in 1999 when you won the Billabong Pro at Jeffreys Bay in South Africa as an 18-year-old. Wow. This was as a wild-card entry. Did you just happen to be in the neighbourhood? <laughs> no. Uh, Billabong, Billabong sponsored the event, and they were my sponsors. So I, they, uh, at the start of the year, said, hey, would you like to try and have a go and go and try against the big boys? And I was just a 17-year-old kid. I was yeah. just about to turn 18. And, yeah, I went, oh, I'll have a crack. It was like, oh, here we go. It was just another surfing event. But um, except this one was against the best in the world. It's incredible. Yeah, you just got to dive in like that. I respect that. Mate, um, you were runner-up four times in the world champs between 2002 and 2011. And then finally in 2012, you climbed that mountain, winning by knocking off Kelly Slater. How do you get Kelly Slater off your case? You punch him in the nose or how does that work? Um, you just get someone else to beat him in the semifinals. <laughs> <laughs> Rose and I couldn't be more non-surfers, Joel, uh, but non-surfers are always fascinated about when you guys take on the big breaks at places like Pipeline and Hawaii and Tihupu and Tahiti. What is that like when you're on something bigger than 12 feet? Oh, it's addictive. It's the best rush you'll ever find. It's, it's scary, and mm. it's, but it keeps you coming back. I, I, it's a hard one to explain. It's, you, know, you get good, you get comfortable at, I guess, wiping out. And once you've got a bit of confidence in knowing you can probably take a, a bit of a pounding right. and, and survive right. it, then you start to, I guess, really push yourself. And uh, But Chopu is, is one of the scariest things. You know, paddling into a, a wall of water coming at you, and when you the water's usually so clear, you see the reef, you know, two feet of water above this sharp reef. And, yeah, it's, it's one of the greatest rushes 
Yeah. Yeah, I think it's hard for people like us who have never surfed a big wave to understand that. But I think for a lot of sports stars, you know, I was a skateboarder, right? And if you, the first time you fall down, you either go, that hurt, I'm never doing that again. Or you go, hey, that didn't hurt that bad. I'll try it again. So you were luckily one of those people that once you realized you could handle it, you pushed it even further than anyone else, right? Yeah, and then you really do get hurt. You go, well, I'm not doing that again either. So you, you, it kind of comes and goes. But, you know, some of my worst injuries were like we're on the small safe days where I like fell on my fin and cut my foot off or right. did something absolutely stupid where some of the, uh, apart from, uh, you know, running out of air underwater, mm. the, some of the worst injuries I've done were um, on quite easy, safe waves. I tell you what, cutting your foot off doesn't sound like a trivial no, injury. but doesn't sound fun at all. But if... If those waves are a bit scary, what it's possibly going to be even scarier for you, Joel, is that you take on Howie in the Howie Games live at the Sydney Metro Theatre, 26 November, 7.30pm. Now, a couple of things to watch out for. He's good at the tearjerker question, mm. and it's a pretty intense mosh pit. Are you ready for the Metro? <laughs> oh, I know. I, he really does pull a lot of emotion out of anyone that he interviews or, or gets on stage. I'm, I'm kind of nervous because I'm... I feel like he's going to pull all my skeletons out of the closet and I'll tell him my secrets and I'm going to be just blabbering stuff I probably shouldn't, but, you know, uh, it's it's going to be fun to do. Well, Joel, we believe in you, mate, because uh, talking to Howie is like the big wave of interviewers, so I think you can uh, handle it really fine. Oh, I know, he's a, and he's a champion bike, so it's going to be fun. Just take the tissues, Joel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joel, Parkin- Joel Parkinson, it's been an absolute thrill to speak with you this morning. Oh, uh, no worries, guys. Thank you. The Howie Games live with special guest Joel Parkinson, the Metro Theatre, 26th of November. Tickets from Ticketek, but we have two doubles for Weekend Legends listeners oh, right great. now Ooh. if you call one triple three five three to get off to the Howie Games live. We've got more after this. It's the Weekend Legends here on Triple M. <laughs> Now we're back with Triple M's Weekend Legends. The Legends. Conditions of high scenes store for details. This show may have a laxative effect. You're back with Chris and Rose on Triple M, and the Sydney Kings are doing well. Ben Simmons is putting work to be a UFC fighter. <laughs> Golden State's broken hand of God. Basketball's having a week, isn't it? That's right. Uh, quickly, before we move on to that, Lachlan, shout out to Matt and Ride and Guy in North Kirkhill who won the tickets to see Joel Parkinson go up with Howie. That'll be a good night. That's going to be a good show, I think. Yeah, a lot of people keen to get those tickets. Yes, Lachlan, basketball. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world right now. The NBA has started again, and Aussies are everywhere. We make it uh, pretty clear on this show pretty regularly that the Aussies are the focus for us in basketball. We love to see them excelling. But one thing we don't really talk about is how good we are at fighting, Chris. Well, this, you know, it's something that's in our DNA, I think. Right? It is. I mean, I always liken it back to the A-League when we first started playing in the A-League. I think a lot of international players were stunned at how hard Aussies went into every tackle. And that's just because that's the way we are. You grow up with... Studs up. Right, studs up. You grow up with rugby league and all these contact sports. You, you're going to translate them into basketball, Right. And this week, Ben Simmons, you know, the, 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 the Philadelphia 76ers are undefeated. They're killing it in the NBA. And Ben Simmons is a big part of that. They went up against the Timberwolves. Ben Simmons' and his teammate, Joel, Joel Embiid, got into a bit of a scuffle with Carl Anthony Towns from the Timberwolves. The big cat. Yes. And this is a bit of the audio of what went down. Here's Horford blocked on the play. Wow. And look Whoa. at this. Whoa. And B going at it with wow. Carl Anthony Towns. And the bench is empty. My goodness. Ben's got him by the neck. Ben's got him by the neck is the call there. And what happened was one of the players tried to get to Joel Embiid. And Ben Simmons 
essentially put him in a headlock and said sweet nothings into his ear to try and calm him down, Chris. You'd love to hear a brawl called with wow and whoa. Wow! So whoa. what Ben did, he tried to intervene. So Embiid and Towns got mixed up after the play had gone down the other end of the court. It got they, heated quick. I think probably uh, Towns threw the first elbow. So Ben went in and he ended up on the ground with what essentially looked like a chokehold on Carl anthony Towns. It'd be like, you know when you come up behind your mate or your partner and you give them one of those hugs, hey bro, how you going? You know, you kind of put your arms around their shoulder. It was like that, but a little bit more aggressive and a bit of a calm down. Right, so the Timberwolves <laughs> blew up Deluxe and said that Ben was an aggressor, but the referee yeah. Mark Ayotte said, no, Ben was a peacemaker. But it did lead to a post by ex-UFC fighter Eddie Alvarez who said, Ben, I can, you know, give me a call and I'll show you actually how to do a chokehold. Yeah, yeah. If you, just, if you just twist that wrist a little bit and lean in on the right shoulder, you could really do some damage, Ben. <laughs> it is great footage if you get on YouTube and see it because Embiid loved it. Like, he yeah. gets up and he's shadow boxing and as he gets ejected and both he and Towns got two-game suspensions, yep. he's just bringing the crowd into it. And I think also protesting about the nanny state world in which we live. Exactly. And Ben Simmons isn't the only Aussie causing trouble this week. Aaron Baines has f- slipped and fallen on Steph Curry and broken Steph Curry's hand. So Curry is out for three months. That's crazy. Right? And with uh, uh, all the injury problems that they've got uh, at Golden State, I think they are officially in tank time. Yeah. And to put it in rugby league perspective for people that don't watch basketball, it's like if JT broke his wrist and was out for three months of the rugby league season. You'd just be like, yeah. Durant's what? gone. Clay Thompson on the bench. Uh, Draymond Green's just getting cranky. Now, with Steph gone, they are gone for the, the season. The Golden State tanks. Baines was playing for Phoenix. He's trying to draw the charge. And it was, yes, Curry fell awkwardly. That might have hurt. Unfortunately, Baines, all seven foot of him, <laughs> fell on top of Curry. Yeah. And that's probably what and did it in. Look, we're not going to go back to the Australia versus Philippines fight, but we all saw the footage. We won that fight. Okay, so let's just be honest here. Aussies are a physical nation. We come from a physical contact sport mindset, and when we go into basketball, we're going to intimidate some of those Americans, and maybe we'll break Steph Curry's hand here and there. (laughs) Can't we go back to the Australia-Philippines fight? No, I guess we can't. Oh, go on. Let's go back to it. Don't take on an Aussie in sport. That's what I've gathered from this. But there's lots of other odd sports stories that caught our attention this week. We'll bring you the best in What Did I Miss? And that's next here on Triple M. Sit back, relax, and let these guys do the thinking. Well, at least talking. Lambs Weekend Legends. With Chris and Rose. And we've had a really fun show with you for Saturday morning. Don't forget, yeah. you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, we talked to Ryan Graham from Sydney FC, Peter Tunks about Burgess. We talked to Joel Parkinson. You go on the podcast, you can listen to all those interviews. They're doing the Howie Games live at the Metro Theatre with yeah. Howie and Joel. We talked about ScoMo. Don't forget the Rugby <laughs> World Cup is on tonight, the final. The Wanderers also play at 4.30. Yep. But there's also a lot of other things in sport that you might have missed, which is why we bring you... What? What did I miss? I'm going to start you at the UFC, Chris. Masvidal versus Diaz is the big fight going down. They did the weigh-ins today. What weight class is it, Rose? Oh, I don't know. What is it, Lachlan? Middleweight? Welterweight. Welterweight. Thank you, Lachlan. 170 pounds. There was certainly not a welterweight there today to uh, get the weights done. The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, was standing in between Masvidal and Diaz today. And I'll tell you what, dwarfed him. Dwarfed boat made them look tiny. I'm assuming he was there to promote Tooth Fairy 3. <laughs> yes, exactly. Tooth Fairy 3 with a vengeance. <laughs> now, Rose, you might still be licking your wounds about the Wallabies being knocked out of the World Cup as England takes on South Africa in the final tonight. But there was an announcement this week that we will be playing International Rugby Union at the SCG in 2020. Yep. The second test of the Ireland Tour, the 11th of July 2020, there will be a game of International Rugby at the SCG. The first since Australia beat Argentina 26 0. Back on the 12th of July, 1986, more than 30 years ago. That's amazing. I'm going to break the rules here for a little bit. I'm going to give you some music news instead of some sports news. It was just announced this morning, Rage Against the Machine are reforming, 
and will be headlining the biggest festival in America, Coachella, in 2020. What does that mean for the profits of Rage? Who knows? Well, I do know. Uh, DJ Lord just uh, posted this morning saying it's been a great run. Thank you, everyone. But uh, profits of Rage are done because Rage Against the Machine are reforming. Okay. Now, bad news, Rose. <laughs> That's your answer. No, thank you very much. Well done. You've got me. I missed it. Bad news. Britain's Nigel's Benz fighters off. This is the 55-year-old who was having a boxing match against Sakio Beaker from Sydney. Oh, no. And it's 23 years since his last fight, but it's been called off. Why? Well, the shoulder industry injury, <laughs> not because it's 23 years since his last fight. <laughs> um, a big shout-out to the Mangrook footy show uh, on SBS that got canned this week. The last footy show on free-to-air television. It's the longest-running footy show on free-to-air television, and it's not around anymore. So it's a dark day for footy shows, Chris. I'm a bit worried about it. Yeah, sorry to hear that. And finally, today is the debut of the Golden Eagle race at Rose Hill for four-year-olds. Cool. And you can visit the TAB Nest. Three levels, catering, TV screens on the second level, and a viewing platform. And you can meet the mascot, Desi the Eagle. Now we know what Des Hasler's doing in the off-season. Ah, hello, Des. (laughs) We've had a fun show. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you at the same time next week. Have a good one. See ya. The Weekend Legends on Triple M. The Weekend Legends catch-up podcast. Best listened to in a Mazda BT50. Built smart and built tough. Make sure it's built like a BT50.